0: Uh for the last six weeks, finishing up this week with a seventh message on uh, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I hope you've gleaned something from that. Uh, but this morning, I want to finish the series by talking about discovering my own personal Pentecost. Discovering my own personal Pentecost. Now, uh, with that being said... Uh, I don't know about you, but the early church, as I read the Bible, they were very concerned that their new converts uh, be baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues as soon as they were born again. They didn't say get saved today and maybe somewhere next week, next month, or next year uh, come on back and be baptized in the Spirit. They made sure it happened uh, pretty much simultaneously as, the, as a service in which uh, they had given their hearts to the Lord. I don't know about you, but I'm deeply concerned with the summaries of God in general uh, and also with the New Life of Assembly of God in particular that we're not seeing more people baptized in the Holy Spirit than what we have seen uh, this past year. I realize the pandemic is there. I realize a lot of things, but uh, on the national perspective in the Assemblies of God, the number of people baptized in the Spirit seems to be getting fewer and fewer with each and every passing year, and that seems to scare me. I have to ask myself a question. Have we as pastors failed to preach and to teach this wonderful doctrine of the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Have we failed to give people opportunity to see uh, for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We failed in some capacity, if we can, to emphasize the importance of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Or is there some other reason uh, why we're seeing less people uh, being baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues? If people are not receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit, we ought to be concerned uh, with that as well. Now, Jesus Christ died on the cross that we might receive all the things that his death, burial, resurrection, Resurrection and ascension uh, gives to the body of Christ. Jesus Christ died, rose from the grave that we might be saved. Jesus Christ died, rose from the grave that we might be healed. Jesus Christ died, rose from the grave and ascended to the right hand of God the Father in order that we might be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Uh, the message from the empty tomb in Luke 24, 49, he told the disciples to tarry in the city of Jerusalem until they were endued with power from on high. They went and they waited uh, for, for 10 days. And on the day of Pentecost, as we've told you numerous times, the Holy Spirit of God came down upon them. They received the mighty empowerment of the Spirit of the living God. The early church received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And the early church right here and there on the day of Pentecost was made up totally of Jewish people. They were filled with the Spirit and then they went out and God worked through them mightily. Uh, They were able to preach and souls would come to the Lord. They were able to heal that which was sick. They cast out demons they even rose the dead the same works that Jesus did were the same works that these Jewish spirit-filled Christians did as well and then later on we read uh, how the Samaritans were baptized in the Holy Spirit the same way that the Jews had been baptized on the day of Pentecost and then later on we find uh, that the the Gentiles uh, were baptized in the Holy Spirit the same way the the Samaritans had been and the same way the Jews had been so in reality there was a Jewish Pentecost Uh, there was a Samaritan Pentecost and there was also a Gentile Pentecost which tells me this and here's the point. The Word of God has been fulfilled. He said in the last day I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. And we see here that uh, not just Jewish flesh, not just Samaritan flesh, but thank God even Gentile flesh and the Word has continued uh, to be preached and thank God being accepted. Peter boldly proclaimed on the original day of Pentecost these words. For this promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off even to as many as the Lord your God shall call. That includes you and that includes me. I'm here to tell you today friend God is not looking uh, for a Pentecostal church say hey we're Pentecostal so come on in. God does not care about the tag on the door. What I believe God is looking for is the thirst in the heart and the hunger in the spirit today. I'm here to tell you this is the day of the Holy Spirit and if the assemblies of God does not want the move the Lord, he'll find the first church of the Frigidaire somewhere, thaw those bad boys out, and put his power within them. If New Life Assembly of God does not want the baptism in the Holy Spirit, he'll find some little Baptist church, some little Methodist church, some little Brush Harbor church, he'll find somebody today that's hungry for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God. But oh, how I pray that New Life Assembly is hungry and thirsty for the real reality of the power of the Spirit of the living God today. for This is the hour of the Holy Spirit. He is jumping denominational lines and he's going behind the scenes and getting down in the nitty gritty. Uh, there may be pastors behind pulpits that don't believe in it, but there are people in the pews that do. And the people in the pews are being baptized in the Holy Ghost uh, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues and they're going to the pastor and saying, let me tell you what happened and some of those pastors don't know whether to scratch their watch or to wind their head. But I'm going to tell you, friend, if the power of God comes down upon you, it's upon all flesh that he said in the last day I will pour out my spirit upon I'm hungry are you I'm thirsty are you we can have an experience daily of this wonderful gift from God ours is a day when you and I have possession of the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. Today is a day where you and I have possession of the doctrine of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. But what troubles me is that there's such lukewarmness among so many. Uh, There's such a drought among many of our churches. And there seems to be such an emptiness in the life of born-again Christians who's supposed to be full of the Spirit of the living God. Many will fight, I'm here to tell you, many Pentecostals will fight you over the the doctrine of the baptism of the Holy Spirit knowing it's of God, but they themselves will not fight to keep the touch of God upon their lives. God help us this morning. Anytime there is spiritual drought within the church, I believe and I'm talking about a spiritual drought when souls are not being saved. When sick bodies are not being healed, or when people are not being baptized in the Holy Spirit, I think it would behoove us, my friend, that we should be led in some soul-searching prayer added with some type of old-time fasting and seeking the face of God until we can get that thing corrected again. I believe prayer and fasting is important. I'm not talking about praying fast. I'm talking about praying and fasting all at the same time. Notice, if you will, God's promise a spiritual awakening. He said, in the last day, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And he also said, in the last day, there will be a great falling away. Yep. We have a choice. It's God's obligation to baptize us, but it's our responsibility to allow him. Amen. With that being said, look with me this morning in Joel, uh, chapter 2. Begin reading at verse 15. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sanctify a fast. Call the solemn assembly. Gather the people. Sanctify the congregation. Assemble the elders. Gather the children and those that suck the breast. Talking about babies as well let the bridegroom go forth of his chamber and the bride out of the closet let the priests, the ministers of the Lord weep uh, between the porch and the altar and let them say spare thy people O Lord and give not thy inheritance to reproach uh, that the heathen should rule over them Wherefore, should they say among the people, Where is their God? Then will the Lord be jealous for his land and pity his people. Yea, the Lord will answer and say to the people, Behold, I will send you corn and wine and oil, and you shall be satisfied therewith. And I will no more make you a reproach among the heathen. Verse 23. Be glad then you children of Zion rejoice in the Lord your God for he hath given you the former rain moderately and he will cause uh, to come down for you the rain the former rain and the latter rain in the first month verse 25 and I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten, of the canker worm, the caterpillar, and the palmer uh, palm worm, uh, my great army which I sent among you. Verse 28. For it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons, your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. Let me remind you, brothers and sisters, spirit-filled Christians should be ready to assist other Christians to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And if we are spiritually prepared, I believe as God wants us to be, when converts come to accept Jesus as Savior, we will ask them to be baptized in the Holy Spirit right then and there, and we will lead them into the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I do not know how we got this in our thinking, but we have put so much emphasis on people who been saved and thank God for it, and then we ship them right back off to their pew, and then think maybe somewhere down the road a year from now, five years from now, whatever, then we're gonna see you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Where does that teaching come from? We've allowed that that maybe not to be a doctrine but we have it in a reality of what we do all the time. May I remind you as soon as you are born again washed in the blood of Jesus Christ you are a prime candidate to be baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives you the utterance. As soon as you are born again you are full of the Spirit. It's like a cup. It is mildly full. You're ready to go to heaven. But it is the Holy Spirit that baptizes us into the body of Christ and we become a born again believer. But now that we are a born-again believer filled with the Spirit, it is now Jesus who wants to baptize us in the Holy Spirit to where we are overflowing. And thank God the saucer gets a blessing, if you will. Does that make sense? It's not just the cup, but the saucer gets the blessing as well. What I'm trying to say is God wants us to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. As soon as we are born again, we are a candidate people say well preacher I've got to get some things out of my life I've got to get a little clean let me tell you something, friend that's a lie from hell you'll never get any cleaner than the day that Jesus Christ saved you and washed you in the blood when you are born again you're ready to go to heaven when you're born again you're ready uh, by way of death and then if you're ready for death and by way of rapture you're ready for the baptism in the Holy Spirit when you're born again you're as good as the best and better than all the rest praise God You'll never get any cleaner. So don't be duped by the end of your soul saying, I've got to do this or do that. I've got to go to this class or that class. You don't find that in God's word. When they were hungry, he filled them with the Holy Spirit of God. With that being said, Christians, we need to be full of the Holy Spirit ourselves if we want to help other people be filled with the Spirit. Paul said, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. There is only one initial baptism in the Holy Spirit. Only one. You'll receive it. But there are many refillings to follow. I love praying for people to be baptized in the Holy Spirit because sometimes I gets me a refilling myself. Praise God after you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit there's many additional refillings then there may be accompanied by diverse kinds of tongues as Paul said the Holy Spirit providing the language and her expressions on the day of Pentecost they only began to speak with other tongues as it says in Acts 2 4 they did not stop there and we should not stop with our initial baptism in the Holy Spirit Paul said this be filled filled." as the Greek puts it be being filled, continue to be filled. It's not a one time thing, it is a continuous thing that the Lord wants us to enjoy. Now Paul acknowledged that praying in your known tongue and praying in an unknown tongue. He acknowledged singing in a known tongue and he acknowledged singing in an unknown tongue. Everyone has freedom in the spirit to begin to communicate with God in the speaking of tongues when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Yes, I believe I can pray in tongues at will. Hallelujah, I can praise God with the understanding and I can praise him with not the understanding in tongues. Now do not confuse that with the gift of tongues. When you and I are born again, we do not receive the gift of tongues. We receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I can speak in tongues at will. I can pray in tongues at will. But I cannot be used in the gift of tongues at will. When you and I are born again, Spirit-filled, we have the evidence is speaking of the tongues. I didn't receive the gift of tongues. I received the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking of tongues. With me? Amen. So when I'm using, if I'm ever using the gift of tongues as one of the charismatic gifts that Paul talked about in, in, in 1 Corinthians, I have to wait on the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? So the tongue I receive at the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the same in essence, but it's used different as a gift. Somebody said again, we receive the Holy Spirit baptism, we do not receive the gift of tongues any more than we receive the gift of prophecy. We receive the Holy Spirit baptism as a gift with the evidence of speaking over the tongues. But if God were to use me in the gift of tongues, it would be the same tongue perhaps, but only at His giving, only at His will. Are you with me? So don't be confused on that. If you will with that being said a good Pentecostal atmosphere is needed in a receiving meeting it's provided that we give Christians an atmosphere whereby the Holy Spirit can move in our life let help create an, 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 such an environment and create such an atmosphere of faith and worship let's be not be spectators let's be participators I hate to be around altar people say, how long are gonna be here tonight yeah. we are defeated before we come to the altar we're defeated before we ask people. We just sit there like warts on pickles and we'll see what's going to happen. Oh uh, man, is going to be off time I get home tonight. Another one of them long tarrying meetings. Why? It shouldn't be. If we'll come together as a church and create the atmosphere and not be spectators but be participators don't sit by idly don't be bystanders but let's come in and praise God. Let's come in and worship God. Let's sing praises unto God. Let's exalt the name of the Lord. Let's honor the presence of the Holy Spirit in the service. You can't work him up but thank God we can invite him to come in and he said he would. In the early church look what they said, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and when they had prayed the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak the Word of God with boldness in Acts 8. Peter and John prayed for the Samaritans that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Here's the point. There were Christians there that were assisting. They were praying that they'd receive. They weren't just sitting there going, go get it if you want to. No, they were there assisting. They were praying and helping along the way. My friend, by an inspiration to the one seeking the Holy Spirit of God, be that inspiration. The tone of our voice will reveal our attitude. What do I mean by that? Don't hinder the seeker by coming up with this monotone, dry, melancholy voice. Oh, God. (sighs) Baptize Henry in the Holy Ghost. That's exciting, isn't it? Don't you want what this guy has? But I believe if we get around and we just get our eyes off of Henry and get our eyes together on Jesus, Amen. and we begin to praise God and we begin to worship God, and we create this atmosphere, this environment for the Holy Spirit to move, I believe old Henry, will, whomever he might be, Joe Belly, whatever, he'll catch on. Yeah. I don't have the ability to baptize anybody in the Holy Spirit. Jesus does. Amen. But if we create the atmosphere, he can do the work. Welcome the Holy Spirit into the meeting like we welcome a friend into our house. Oh, my God, is it you again? No. Hey, come on in, man. We can't wait. We've been waiting on you. I'll just show up, Lord. When praying with other people, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Spirit of God is giving them the utterance right then and there. Now, if you will begin to allow that person, if you're seeking the Holy Spirit, put some volume to what you're saying. It's God trying to come out. The stammering lips is just that. Stammering lips, you may not understand it, but just continue to yield. Well, I'm afraid the devil's involved. Are you kidding me? If your father's being evil and know how to give good gifts, how much more the Heavenly Father give good things to them to ask, especially the Holy Spirit. And he's a good thing, by the way. Yeah. It's not a thing, but he's good. You don't worry about getting your check on Friday and going down to the place and they give you bad money when you cash it, do you? You don't worry about getting a bad, getting change counterfeit, do you, down at one of these places? I mean, one time I went to a restaurant and had him a $20 bill. And boy, they looked that thing up here like that and put it through a machine and took it. He gave me $5 back and I took it like that and I said, can I borrow your machine? (laughs) What for? I said, you don't trust me, I don't trust you. God's not that way. He's not that way at all. If you are washed in the blood, and you're earnestly seeking the face of the living God, and you're not practicing sin, my God, your God's not gonna allow something false to come because he's got too much of the real, too much of the power, too much of the anointing, too much he's already invested in you through his blood to allow you to get something that's of the devil or something that's false. Trust in the Lord and praise him. And the devil says it's not of God. Hang on, friend, because the diluge of the Spirit's coming, because it is of God. If the devil said it ain't, you can rest assured it is. Amen. That's good, preacher. Just assure the person the strange words coming forth is of the Holy Spirit. Encourage them to continue. Put volume behind it. When praying for somebody of the Holy Spirit baptism, sometimes I get a refilling. A word of caution. When I'm praying for somebody to receive the Holy Spirit, I never tell them they receive. They've got to tell me. If I pray for somebody to get saved, I don't say, Well, you're saved. I don't want to be my convert. I want to be the Lord's convert. That's right. So, but their spirit has got to bear witness with the Spirit of God that they're saved. They tell me. By the same token, you receive the Holy Spirit baptism? I don't know. I don't either. Have you ever talked to yourself out of something that God gave you? Huh? Come on, be honest. Have you ever talked yourself out of something God gave you? People done the same thing. They want man to confirm what God's done for them. I don't tell people to receive the Holy Spirit. They gotta know that in their knower. It's a battle they're gonna fight. We are always waiting on some kind of a feeling. It don't it doesn't come by feeling. The biblical proof is still the same today as it was on the initial day of the outpouring. And the initial physical evidence of Holy Spirit baptism is speaking in tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. Scripturally, this has always been the evidence of receiving the Spirit. In our own denomination, in other Pentecostal denominations or movements, it's always been the same. The initial physical evidence is speaking in tongues. However, there are many that have come to age in the Simmons of God. And there are many that are smarter now than God is in other Pentecostal realms. That we want to say, well, it's not just the only evidence. We need these other evidences as well you got to fall out in the spirit. You've got to lay prostrate before the spirit. You've got to be in some kind of a trance. You've got to shake. You've got to wiggle. you got to dance. You've got to shout. All that stuff to me looks like it's some type of physical evidence. Some, the, 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 some requirement that they want other than some outward physical demonstration. People want to see a powerful baptism with a person expending a lot of human energy. Now hang on to this. Nowhere in the Bible do I read there's a struggle for people receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Nowhere do I read it. Isaiah said, for stammering lips and other tongues will he speak to his people. This is the rest. This is the refreshing. Isaiah did not say, this is the struggle and this is the fight. Struggle to me is a sign of unbelief. It denotes works rather than faith. People who receive this so-called powerful baptism usually do not speak in tongues readily in their daily life after they have so-called received the Holy Spirit. You know why? I've got to work something up. I have some kind of the works of the flesh. I've got to do something, man, to make this thing real. They associate speaking in tongues with an expenditure of some type of, of much physical energy, and that's hard work. Jesus said, I'll pour out in the Spirit. You ever seen a little bird in a nest? I love birds. The older I get, the more I'm, I'm, I'm making birdhouses. If I had a bird, I wouldn't go in but I'm making them. I'm enjoying the it. I can't, so I get a rainbow, uh, anything I saw, there's a rainbow in. But I'm making birdhouses. I told my wife if I was a bird, I wouldn't go in that thing, but I'm going to make him anyway. Have <laughs> you ever seen birds in a nest? And here comes mama. Do they struggle? Do they fight? Are they passed out, slain in the bird feather heaven? (laughs) Their little mouths were open and mama feeds. Good Lord, do you get it? Open up your heart to Jesus. Allow Jesus to freely give, to pour out, to baptize. He He is his obligation. And it's our responsibility for the glory of God. Some people expect great joy in connection to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, I spoke in tongues, but I don't have no joy. So what? Where does it say a criteria to receive the Holy Spirit baptism is you've got to have joy associated with it? As a matter of fact, in Luke 24, 49, Jesus told them to go to receive the Holy Spirit baptism. But in Luke 24, 52, and they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. They had joy before they got there. And what about the Samaritans? Same with them. And there was great joy in the city. They had the joy juice before they ever got the Holy Spirit baptism. So joy may come in the Holy Ghost baptism, and it may not. It's all about feeling. Don't worry about feeling. Feelings come and feelings go. They're very deceiving. But there is one whose words established in heaven, it's always worth receiving. i got to hurry. Let me give you two more minutes. Two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve. Got another half hour. Praise God. <laughs> Others think that falling on the floor, as we call being slain in the Spirit, is much a part of the baptism of the Holy Spirit as is speaking in other tongues. There have been some folk that I've seen that received the Holy Spirit baptism and they did. They were slain in the Spirit. But it's not a biblical precedent. May I tell you something? God's a gentleman. The Holy Spirit's a gentleman. I believe He often baptizes us in the Holy Spirit according to our personalities. If you're loud and obnoxious and boisterous, he may very well baptize you the same way. But if you're shy and timid and a little backward, he may baptize you in much the same way. A man back in the mountains by the name of Bob Hunt, he came out of a nominal church. He said hello. You could hardly hear him. He was just he was a nice little fellow. He said over in the floor, Indian style, by the piano around the altar, his little head just bebopping. Remember the old dogs in the back of the windows of the, of the car years ago? There he was. And you had to put your ear down to his mouth, and he was sitting there praying in the Holy Spirit. He was as much on fire for God as Jerry Puckett was. We had to peel him off the wall because he was loud, obnoxious, and loud. And that's the way God saved it. We often think, well, the Lord's going to change my personality, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something, friend. If you are a nut before you receive the Holy Spirit baptism, you'll be a nut after you receive the baptism. It is the Holy Spirit that gives us power. It's the blood of Jesus that changes us. Hallelujah. So we, we often look to the wrong things for the Lord to do for us. I gotta hurry. There's one single supernatural evidence that convinced Peter and his companions that the Gentiles had received the Holy Spirit. It wasn't slain in the Spirit. It wasn't joy. It wasn't dancing. It wasn't being prostrate before the Lord. It was they spoke in tongues as the Spirit of God gave to them the utterance. They had received salvation at Pentecost and baptism as well. Now, let me hurry. We have an opportunity to pray for people seeking the Holy Spirit baptism. Let's create that atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to work. I've I, I got to hurry. I've got a lot I want to say. I want to close, though, with this, if I may. An illustration from the Old Testament talking about the temple. Let me show you. I believe this preview of Pentecost can be seen in the dedication of Solomon's temple. Look with me in 1 Chronicles 15. The Bible said, And David spake to the chief of the Levites to appoint their brethren to be singers with instruments of music, psalteries, harps, cymbals, sounding by lifting up the voice with joy. So the Levites appointed Ahiman the son of Joel, and his brethren Asaph, the son of Bethiah, and the sons of Mirah, their brethren Ethan, and the sons of Cushiah. Now, besides the singers, there were exactly 120 priests. How many did I say? 120 priests provided with trumpets. How many in the upper room on the day of Pentecost? 120. 120 priests with trumpets. Note what the Bible says in 2 Chronicles 5. It came to pass, as the trumpeters and singers were as one, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanksgiving the Lord, And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever, that then the house was filled with cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. Whenever we lift our voices... And our praise to God with the right attitude, the glory of God will fill the temple. Yeah. I'm not talking about this structure, I'm talking about the temple uh-huh. of the Holy Spirit. Know you not, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. We can experience Pentecost anytime, anywhere, any hour of the day, if we'll open up our hearts to Jesus. Amen. The Lord is coming back. Not for gutter saints, but for glorious saints. And brothers and sisters, here, this old wore-out preacher. Too many of God's people today are settling for second and third best. Yeah. When he died and rose and ascended, that we might have the very best. Amen. Be filled with the Spirit. I don't care how old you are. How young you are. I care less about the color of your skin. I care less about your bank account. I care less about your education. I care less about your religious denomination. And so does the Lord. He's looking for hearts that are hungry. Amen.